welcome everyone to the WandaVision podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everyone. Here today to talk to you about the big spread in Entertainment Weekly Monthly on WandaVision. But before that, Matt, rumblings abound about the rest of what I've coined now the Disney Plus non-Roxon Marvel Cinematic Universe, <laughs> the, the Roxon connected universe being all of the Marvel, uh, Marvel uh, TV, non-Marvel Studios TV. You know, you got your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you got your Daredevil, you got Hellstrom way the hell over here. Um, but Matt, tell us about that and uh, the account from what we're getting them. Yes, this is coming from the at more Disney Plus account. So while that's not an official corporate account, the job that they do collating all this info from different places, it really makes it a, a, a must follow account. Uh, I know sometimes it's hot off the presses in terms of, you know, Marvel Studios press release. Other times, like some of this news, uh, not as fully official. But, uh, Pete, we already had plans to talk WandaVision tonight. And then uh, more Disney Plus started to share all this news, like literally in the last hour. So must be kismet. Uh, the first one here, the, uh, the notion that uh, Moon Knight, starring Oscar Isaac, is going to start filming early in the new year in Budapest. Just waiting for Oscar Isaac to finish up a previous uh, non-Disney project. I do want to just put an asterisk. So the the Disney uh, account, again, the non-official account that you're referring to that is pretty good with what it reports. It is crediting another source discussing film on this. And while discussing film has 100,000 plus Twitter followers, it is not verified and it has been less than reliable in the past so i just want to throw that out there full disclosure uh there's also um some news that the twitter account is sharing that uh that moon knight will have uh stefania sella the production designer from morbius uh as well as they've hired a cinematographer in ms marvel news um this all from the at more disney plus uh, account and all of it uh, credited to discussing film of the notion that they've already started filming Ms. Marvel, um, and that kind of eyes a late 2021 release, uh, and that filming will start soon on Hawkeye, which is interesting, Pete, because as has been pointed out many, many times, uh, the female lead in Hawkeye, while widely thought to be uh, Haley Steinfeld, it has yet to be officially announced. So maybe that official announcement is coming too. They are really taking a page from uh, Lucasfilm and Star Wars, uh, the Marvel Studios TV, in terms of secrecy. I mean, when we talk about this uh, article that hit yesterday in a moment, just the level to which they've NDA'd people and, and kept things largely under wraps has, has been impressive and not at all out of character but it seems even more so for this new venture in TV. And again, you know, over on the Mandalorian podcast, like Disney plus is not 
TV, the analogy I drew the other day, you know, they used to have an ad HBO. It's, it's not TV, it's HBO with what we've gotten in the first two episodes of the Mandalorian this season, this second season, uh, there needs to be a new name for film that is done through your TV. Maybe, maybe film V. I don't, I don't know. We need something. I can only anticipate that these shows are going to push those levels. Well, I think that's the perfect, um, the perfect, perfect turning point to talk about WandaVision and that article in Entertainment Weekly, a monthly Monthly. publication. Um, And, and, uh, you know, you and I both, we're not overly impressed by Entertainment Weekly. And when you sent me the link to the uh, monthly, uh, when you. We've been Fantastic Geek and myself have been uh, blocked on Twitter by an ex beat reporter turned screenwriter um for asking a legitimate question yeah wasn't it about the alcatraz tv show and it was asked to the creators of the alcatraz tv show who we had on the podcast but pete that's forever ago that that's even pre-2020 if you can remember that (laughs) um i have to say this entertainment weekly article i was so impressed by it it was super in-depth Yes, because it's Entertainment Weekly. They're playing ball with whoever they're interviewing and they're sharing with it. But very, very well written, very, very detailed. And to me, the thing that really hit me uh, over the head in a positive way was the fact that WandaVision coming out, when it's coming out, this isn't the way it was supposed to be. The schedule read Black Widow, then Falcon and the Winter Soldier, then Eternals, then all that could tee up WandaVision. Now we have Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany and company carrying the Marvel crown for 2020 all by themselves. And to me, it was news that in October, you know, last month, they were filming bits of this show for some point in the not so distant future. Again, if you've listened to this podcast feed, if you've been checking us out, we've been saying probably christmas day to start that's the friday after mandalorian wraps up its eight episode run uh but they're still not committing and there's a note in here as of press time because when you have a weekly monthly publication that can publish online at any moment there's a press time well yes i think initially you and i both were like okay they're hiding behind this antiquated thing um and we kind of read it as, you know, typical, silly, Entertainment Weekly, well, I don't know, Lovely. playing ball. But I think, Pete, you combine, I mean, we've done the math that Disney Plus itself has said WandaVision will come out in 2020. We have Mandalorian starting when it did. It's going to run um, until Friday, uh, December 18th. Uh, they're almost certainly not going to overlap the two. And that gives just one more Friday in uh, 2020, which is uh, Friday, December 25th, for WandaVision 101 to come out. That has been our expectation. However, and it's like silly Entertainment Weekly for not recognizing that. However, Pete, another, another possible view of all of this is with the reshoots, with Entertainment Weekly saying, sometime this winter, is that maybe, and since Entertainment Weekly plays ball with whoever they interview, could it be that that's a date on the move and that WandaVision actually won't be 2020 and it might be winter, January or February? I have a hard time thinking they'll contradict 
um, advertising that's already out. And let's be honest too, Matt, they've probably already decided this internally, provided there's not some massive shift. And again, we've kind of been through some things in 2020. Uh, was watching the news before there's a hurricane that's already hit the United States that are circling back to hit the United States. It may or may not be filled with murder hornets. So who's to say? Who's to say? Uh, but I really do think uh, they're they're waiting to uh, unwrap that Christmas start. That gives them winter. That gives them 2020. That gives us six episodes of WandaVision. All I'll just share in terms of an observation, yes, the Disney Plus marketing said 2020, and we can infer as you know the timeline it just went by, but... That was September. That was before these reshoots. So, you know, as most smart listeners know, reshoots are a normal thing. And why didn't the reshoots happen sooner? Gee, I don't know. They filmed it. They they wrapped in March. Why wouldn't they have done it sooner, Pete? Oh, wait, global pandemic, etc. Um, so I would just say it's it's on my radar that maybe, you know, when you look at the rough cut of all six episodes, and you go, okay, this didn't work. This didn't work. We move this. We move that. Hey, here's what we need. Here's the 20 minutes that we need to spur to disperse across six hours, uh, and, and it's going to make it good. And because of the particulars, maybe there's special effects or music or whatever. You know, there could be a scenario where you say this show will be better with the reshoots. The reshoots will preclude a Christmas release. Them's the breaks. Already a weird year. If we have to delay to make it great, we delay to make it great. I think we've seen enough of. Uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe under Kevin Feige to this point to understand there'll be no wine before it's time. Um, you know, with super small exception, nothing's been rushed. And why not get this first Marvel Studios TV show just right? Although from the feel of the article, Matt, and again, like you've indicated, it is largely a puff piece, but well done as puff pieces go they really seem to have dotted all the i's yeah and just as a tangent i remember the the first two articles that entertainment weekly had on star trek discovery one had like five paragraphs and it was just complete puff and the next one was a little bit more in depth it was you know somebody swore on set and you can't say god because in the future and that it got into a whole thing but you kind of get done reading and go, wow, that was interesting. What did I learn? Uh, they're filming a show. This th- this was, as you said, Pete, very, very well written, um, you know, detailed, getting into <laughs> the nitty gritty, the snotty waddy. Um, and one other thing that we learned, Pete, reference was made to, uh, I guess we kind of knew six uh, episodes. I don't know how official that was, but reference being made to six hours. So, you know, I don't I don't know that post Mandalorian, I don't know that anything was guaranteed in terms of episode length. This now setting the expectation that they are indeed approximately an hour long. Nay, Matt, six Marvel movies, no less. OK. And, you know, they've got information. They spoke to head writer Jack Schaefer. Um, they spoke to um, Feige um, and the, the detail that uh, Feige shared that, you know, makes this such a labor of love about watching me TV, uh, Middletown, New Jersey in the house. 
uh, and old uh, sitcom reruns to kind of like decompress from the news pre-COVID and how it, it, it turned essentially into this show. It was influenced for this show. And then Mary Livinos as co-executive producer and Matt Shackman as a director here in terms of, you know, the things they've done, some completely different Game of Thrones, okay, and some very, very similar, like, you know, just the 10 of us and maybe even a little bit of the Fargo series. Yeah, he even was in the... Um... The Miss Bliss pilot, the the 13-episode show that was a precursor to Saved by the Bell. Um, so I had no idea that this guy, Matt Shackman, existed, let alone had an acting career and things I've seen him in as a child actor. Uh, fast forward to, you know, Mad Men and Game of Thrones and all this. So, I mean, it's it seems like such a high-caliber production across the way. And I think that's that was another purpose of the article to say, as you said, Pete, these are all marvel movies this is all marvel studios to go back to what you said earlier you know it's not tv it's what i think the answer from disney plus would be uh it's it's disney plus if you get star wars expect it yeah exactly (laughs) expect it on the level of of what those silos are you click on a star wars something it's all going to feel that it's the same production quality ditto for marvel and so forth and as we've watched mandalorian 10 chapters to the whole series at this point and just marveled week to week, episode to episode. There, there is zero distinction other than runtime uh, between the two mediums. Uh, and I fully expect, even though WandaVision is leaning very heavily into the medium of TV um, to the point where I mean, we knew they were filming in front of live studio audiences. Apparently, you can't NDA that away, Matt, that that filming was done. (laughs) Uh, But that they not only had the crew dress in period-specific garb, they dressed the audience in period-specific garb. Yeah, I mean, there's no... There's no rational reason to do that. The irrational is to try and capture something between the camera and where it's pointed to capture this ethereal thing. The ethereal thing being the 1950s setting. You know, we're still not completely clear the the nature of that reality. I mean, I think we all kind of widely assume this is some sort of Wanda magic power imposed reality kind of thing. Um, as perhaps we head towards a House of M style story, um, either in this show or leading into uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But along the way, the fact that they are so seriously uh, sticking to this 1950s TV aesthetic and can one assume, Pete, the same is for the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s TV aesthetics that that we know appear as well. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I would assume if you're going to do crew in 50s garb for the 50s episode or episodes you're gonna do the same for the other decades yeah um and and again as we get closer i'm sure we've seen so so little man i mean there's some stills here there's the teaser that's out and that's it uh i'm sure we're gonna start to get a little bit more i mean this really beginning to pull back the curtain in terms of that and then you know the the great detail Let's be honest what these shows are. 
they are both a spotlight for the Marvel Cinematic Universe characters who at least at this point cannot hold down their own movie or won't hold down their own movie. So we'll give you six episodes, uh, you know, whatever it's going to be, you know, WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki. Okay. Um, Ms. Marvel is clearly a jumping point for a new character that will get her start on TV and then will migrate into the films. Uh, and if not in Captain Marvel and with Captain Marvel, that's going to be a missed opportunity. We can only assume that's going to be the case because of those characters' relationships. Um, but it's just really smart all around. And you just see, I mean, Feige does a, does a tremendous job and the guy is thoughtful. And here is just another example of that. Let's play with this convention of comfort TV of all the... Of all the years, Matt, <laughs> when we when we might need that. I mean, I was just talking on our Facebook page before I put up a, a post tonight, a uh, little interaction. You know, if, if there was a, uh, a since-completed TV show that you could have Fantastic Geek go back and, and podcast, what would it be? And uh, somebody picked one that I'm, uh, I'm re-watching. Uh, now in Fringe, which is an all-time favorite of mine that I've not watched since I completed it back in, I think, 2013 when it when it ended. Um, but we need this kind of comfort TV. There's a place for it. And the idea that we're going to get our new characters, our Marvel movie for the year as comfort TV, um, I don't know, is, is comforting. Well, it, it's fine for them at this point to lean into the notion of comfort TV. I, I'm just thinking it could be comforting for a while, but at a certain point in these six episodes, the unnatural nature of their reality has to break. Is this, yeah. you know, whatever it is, I could see it. I could see it being, um, I mean, I could see it being akin to uh, in Lost when the tail section people show up and it's just like, Finally, we understood what was going on. Now I don't understand what's going on. This is just terrible. And you just did a smash cut to end the episode. What do you mean I need to wait until next week? Um, I'll say this too, Pete. Hang on to that list of shows that people might want us to podcast because if the WandaVision date moves, uh, we might have to, <laughs> we might have to, like if they, if they announce suddenly, it's now, uh, it's now, you know, St. Patrick's Day okay time to pivot maybe it's going to be fringe maybe it's going to be james bond maybe it's going to maybe it's going to be marvel movie rewatch I, i'm not quite sure but um we at the mercy of this show in terms of our early 2021 yeah. podcast planning there just seems to be a magic quality to this show no pun intended the fact that for these 50s um segments they're they're doing you know kind of old style um tricks you know with wires and camera tricks and things of that sort to just sell it as a certain style of show how about you know, the makeup well okay to me look and anybody who knows black and white tv i, I think that the writer of this article thought that it was it was uh, interesting to say and when vision's familiar maroon skin didn't look quite right in grayscale the makeup artist pa painted betany blue instead I doubt they were on the soundstage. Like I, one would think that if they're going to be filming in black and white, they did makeup tests ahead of time. You know, I mean, the, the, 
that's that's an old black and white TV trick to know that you need to color things different than what they are to make them show up a certain way. Um, but it was interesting nonetheless. It's it's not disinteresting. Maybe it was just me being a little, you know, old time TV with my pinky up. I didn't know that. Okay, but that shouldn't be surprising. Uh, the the thing that that bleeds into literally is uh, the the best anecdote I got from the article uh, with Bettany and Olson talking about their on-screen relationship and the only fight they've had in the entirety of the time they've known one another about six years at this point. Pete, is this Snotgate? It is Snotgate. Um, they were sharing an on-screen kiss and uh, fingers have been pointed over whose nose was running. And obviously in a in-COVID world <laughs> story, it takes on an even stranger tone. Uh, it, it's categorized that it was before that and understandably. Uh, but I love the chemistry between them in that they can joke around about this. And, uh, you know, Bettany says that it was Olsen. Uh, Olsen swears that it was Bettany because with the makeup on, he can't feel that his nose is wrong. <laughs> the other anecdote I really, really liked was here the notion that they got used to filming in front of a live studio audience and how for Elizabeth Olsen, there's this quote, there was something very meta for my own life. Uh, thinking back to her, her own childhood, because I would visit those tapings as a kid where my sisters were working, you know, Pete, <laughs> the other Olsons, <laughs> you know, on arguably the most famous sitcom of the uh, the TGIF uh, era. Uh, perhaps some Urkel fans would disagree and so forth. But I mean, you know, you hear the, you, you say there's an actress, you know, there's an actress from the Olsen family. You're thinking the Olsen twins. Yep. Oh, and then there's also Elizabeth. At least that was the view, you know, what, eight years ago. Now she's in the biggest movies that there are and, you know, headlining her own TV show and all that. Matt, um, the year is 1996. And I'm going to come back in time through some WandaVision magic to visit you and tell you there is an Olsen actress in big, huge budget superhero movies. Okay who is now bringing that to the small screen, which of Mary Kate or Ashley are you going to say that it is? Uh, Pete, I don't know because listen, I'm old enough and young enough to remember when their on-screen credit for full house was Mary Kate, Ashley Olsen without the and because yeah. they were trying to convince people they're trying to both be honest and lie about the fact that there were twins and, and give the impression that it was one phenomenal girl named Mary dash Kate, Ashley Olson. Um, so they tried Pete. They really, really tried. Um, so I, I, Pete, I would not know which I might think that it was the two of them still playing one role, but here we are, Pete, it's the future and it's Elizabeth Olson uh, as, as uh, the, the top lady in the show. I can't wait to watch this show. I think the inclusion of uh, Catherine Hahn really ups, obviously, the the zaniness, the the comedy here is going to work strangely in a in a TV medium. And then you know some really heartfelt quotes out of 
Tayona Paris about playing the adult version of Monica Rambeau, you know, whether she's going to be Photon or any of the other names here that have been attributed to that character in the comics, the representation, the inclusion going on there. And there's no way to not see this as like uh, Ms. Marvel uh, in its own show, the start of a character that's going to appear on big screens. Yeah, I think insofar as Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige in particular really do care about even-handed representation and not necessarily saying, well, you know, back when this comic character was made in 1961, dot, 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 therefore we cannot ever make any changes. Um, you know, I think they're interested in, in how to not have that mindset. Now, some things, certainly when you're building the MCU uh, in the middle of the last decade, uh, or I guess it would be two decades ago. Oh my goodness, been the 2000s when you're starting to put together what could become the MCU. Yeah, you're going to start with the roots as they are. But Kevin Feige clearly interested in expanding things out. You know, let's not forget Pete. He was told by uh, then head of Marvel, Ike Perlmutter, not to do a movie with uh, Black Panther, not to do a movie with Captain Marvel, because people don't want to see superhero movies with those kind of people. And um, let's not forget Pete. Movies, those two movies were seen by enough people to each cross, you know, the, the, the billion dollar mark with Black Panther, you know, even more so. Um, so, you know, th there's gold in them, there are hills if you want to be representative and break the mold, not just in terms of who you normally see playing a superhero on the big screen or on the small screen, but also just say, you know what, we don't need to do fantastic four hit by, you know, space radiation. You don't need to, that doesn't need to be your go-to every five years as you re re reboot in the same form that it came from. Yeah. And I just think, uh, if you're interested in WandaVision, if you haven't already checked the article out, be a great read other than just listen to these two chuckleheads talk about it and any other news as it comes as, as we can look to update the WandaVision podcast by fantastic geek feed, we will be bringing you that in addition to all the Mandalorian, all the Star Trek Discovery, all the things as we see fit to the pop culture podcast by Fantastic E. And of course, Pete, all of this made possible by the people who support us on patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek. We could not do it without you, particularly as we, you know, here we are adding WandaVision to our stable of stars and then all these other Marvel uh, Disney Plus shows coming. And uh, again, I've seen I've seen Matt's album cover art for a couple of them. Uh, I, it's a bright, bright future. And thank you again to everybody who keeps us listener supported on patreon.com slash fantastic geek. But Pete, how can people share with you their anticipation about WandaVision? You can find me on Twitter at Peter P I E T E R J K T L A R K E T E L A A R 11,690 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek, all one word with the P, with the H, like it today. And as I said, some hot conversation there right now in terms of what show would you have us go back and podcast that has completely aired, maybe long since aired. 
Pete, as mentioned, when will we podcast WandaVision again? When news warrants, but certainly talking Mandalorian, talking Star Trek Discovery on the Pop Culture Podcast feed. For now, though, I will say adios to all the listeners and give you the final word. Talk to you soon.